my church family. Oh my God, I love to say that, my church. I think that is the best church name. Good morning, my church. I feel like your church is my church. <laughs> I'm so happy and excited to be with you all this morning. I first wanna thank Pastor Tucker. Pastor Tucker, I thank you so much for having me this morning. Listen, you all are in for a treat. I truly believe I have a word from the Lord for you this morning that'll be relevant. It'll hit you right where you are. So if you would just go with me and let's just go before the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for another opportunity just to minister God. Father, we're like Mary this morning. We're sitting at the feet of Jesus wanting to hear words from you, God. And Holy Spirit, I'm just asking you to go beyond my lips and minister to your sheep. God, you know where they are in life. You know their address. You know what they're going through. And I thank you for answers this morning, God. Answers and strategies from heaven for the good life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, I'm so happy to be here. Just want to give honor to your awesome pastors. Also want to honor my man of God. You Taylor, just want to honor him. This morning, I just believe I have a word from the Lord. It is a foundational world, word, but it's something the Lord has really put on my heart for the season that we are in. Lord knows that we are in time, but you know it is God's time. And so today I want to talk about something I like to call higher frequency. You know, when an infant is born, the medical community says the infants, they hear at a higher frequency, meaning they pick up things that we don't readily pick up as adults or as people who have been in this earth a while. And they say it happens because they're not they're not necessarily now familiar with what the world sounds like. They still are very sensitive. I love that. And so I call this higher frequency because I think we have to get back to being sensitive to the voice of God. I think that we need to silence all the noise and begin to hear from God again. And so this morning, we're going to climb higher. Somebody say, climb higher. We're going to climb higher so that we are making sure that we are hearing from God. Because how many of you know there's a lot of voices in our earth today? Oh, my God. There are a lot of voices. There's a lot of social media. There's a lot of media. There's a lot of things that we could be listening to. But I believe that our success is dependent on our ability to hear from God. You know, we are in a godly culture. Our culture is just godless. I mean, ain't no secret, right? And it's, to me, it's becoming increasingly more and more godless. And that's why I believe we got to climb higher so that we can affect culture. Instead of culture affecting us, I believe we have the ability to affect culture. That was God's plan, but it will only be by elevating our listening. And so I'm, you're going to hear me say that a lot over these next few moments. I need you to elevate your listening and get on a different frequency. And I believe as we come to the end of 2023, God's going to speak to you. He's going to give you some instruction and some strategy for 2024 and beyond. Listen, there's a lot of antichrist out there. There's a lot of antichrist voices out there and we want to hear 
from the anointed one. Amen. And so you've got to understand it. So you might ask me, you know, how do you hear from God? I always hear that from people. How do I know I'm hearing from God? Or how do I know it's my voice? Or if it's the enemy, how do I know? We're going to make some things very, very clear for you this morning. I want you to first realize that your own conversion was never initiated by you. You think it was you that gave your life for Christ and lifted your hands and said, Jesus, come into my life. But it was a response to his invitation. Listen, God knew you before the foundation of the world and he called you before the foundation and your coming to him or your conversion was just in response to his invitation. It was never initiated by you. So yes, you can hear him and you've already heard him, but understand it's built. You have to be trained in your systems. You've, you've got to learn how to be more accurate in hearing the voice of God. It is innate in you. Come on, say it's innate in me to hear from your father. He is your manufacturer. He created you. He made you. He is speaking to you. And I like I always say, we don't have necessarily a God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. God's speaking. Thank you, God, for speaking to us. But we've got to elevate our listening so we can hear what he's saying. I want to start with this scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. It's in uh, the Passion Translation. It says, make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. He said, make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. It says, for the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? I believe there's a lot of warnings being released right now. It says the earth has rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain, but now he has promised once and for all, listen to this, I will not only shake the systems of the world, God is going to shake every system in this world. It is happening as sure as my name is Portia. He says, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Now, listen, it says heavenly realms, but it's really talking about the world of darkness. He says, I'm not even going to shake the systems, but I'm going to shake the unseen powers, those things that are in operation that are evil. I'm going to shake that too. He said, now this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates that the final removal of things that are shaking, that is the old order. It says, so only what is unshakable will remain. I want you to go back and read that on your own. The Bible says, only what is unshakable will remain. So he starts off saying, make sure you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks, because the only things that are unshakable will remain. I dare you to say, I am unshakable. You want to know why you're unshakable? Because you refuse not to listen to God when he speaks. It's because you have an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And so in the next few moments, I'm going to answer two questions uh, for you and then give you some practical steps to hearing the voice of God. My first question is, who is qualified to hear God's voice? 
because everybody's not qualified. So who's qualified to hear God's voice? I remember the one time, y'all, just one time I worked retail. I do not like working retail. But there was a time in my life where I had to work retail. And it's so funny. We're going through money training and I'm thinking we were training to identify counterfeit money, but in the training, we did not have the experience that I thought we were going to get with counterfeit money. We only had the experience with the real money. And so you don't need to have experience with the counterfeit to know whether something is real or not. You just got to have experiences with the real thing. And so you don't have to necessarily study evil all the time to know if something is God or not. I submit to you this morning, you ought to study God. You ought to know God and have a real relationship with God. And when you have a real relationship with God, you will know when something is counterfeit. Hebrews 5 tells us that. He says we should train. Hebrews 5.13 says we should train our senses to know the difference or to know good and evil, believer. You should be able to train your senses to know when something's God and when it's not. I mean, our senses, our feeler, when we see something, you should be able to know, oh, no, that ain't God. That ain't God. Oh, that is God. And so who can hear the voice of God in John chapter 10? I love Jesus because he was be, he was just cutting up. In John chapter 2, he was cutting up with the Jews. Literally, one translation says he was straight setting off the Jews and causing such controversy among the Jewish leadership like Jesus did. They were questioning whether he was the real thing or was he the counterfeit. They were questioning, was he the Messiah? And Jesus's response is always amazing to me. He talks about his miracles and then he starts referring to himself as a shepherd. He never directly answered their question. He just started talking about his miracles. And then he starts referring to himself as a shepherd and that his sheep are followers. They went on to say, look, you are demon possessed. And then he begins to make a very, very clear distinction that I want to make this morning. John chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Jesus answered them. I'm reading this in the Passion Translation. It says, I have told you the truth already and you did not believe me. The proof of who I am is revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of my father. Yet you stubbornly refuse to follow me because you are not my sheep. He says, as I've told you before, my own sheep, I love, he says, my own sheep will hear my voice and I know each one and they follow me. So here's that answer to that question. Who can hear God's voice? His own sheep. So I want to ask you this morning, are you a sheep? He says, not only are you his own sheep, he said he he knows each one of you and you follow him. So are you following him? And are you his own? He says, I give to them the gift of eternal life and they will never be lost. And no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands. Oh my God. My father who has given them to me as a gift is the mightiest of all. And no one has the power to snatch them from my father's care. The father and I are one. Now listen, Jesus makes a distinction here. He says, only my sheep who are my own hear my voice. And Jesus calling himself a shepherd was so intentional. It was so intentional. Sheep are interesting creatures. They're actually idiots. I mean, I ain't trying to call y'all idiot this morning, but because they're dependent 
on the shepherd. And I'm telling you this morning, you need to be dependent on God and God alone. They rely on the shepherd for guidance, for protection, for provision. And here's the interesting thing about sheep. Sheep are known to wander off. They're known to get lost. They're known to, I saw, I watched a video where the sheep was on the cliff, falling off the cliff. Don't be that sheep this morning falling off cliffs. You need a shepherd. <laughs> Listen, they're known, they, they need intimacy and closeness. Here's a great thing about the shepherd. If one Listen, if one goes astray, the shepherd says he leaves the 99 to go after the one. Look at the attributes of our father. He cares about you. He loves you. He offers protection. He offers guidance. You are his sheep and you hear his voice. You know, Isaiah chapter 53, verse six says that we are all sheep have gone astray and turned our own way. And you might be watching this morning. You might be one of those sheep that has turned your own way. One great thing about God, no matter where are you are in life, he can find you because he says no one can snatch you out of his hands. You might be on a detour. You might take another way. Ephesians 2.10 said there are prearranged paths for our life. And it says those paths lead to the good life. And you might be on a detour, detour, but the shepherd knows how to get you back on the path so you can get to the good life. That is good news. And so you might be this morning, you might say, hey, Pastor Portia, I'm his sheep, but I'm one of the ones that kind of straying off because of culture, because of all the distractions. I would encourage you this morning, just get back in position and begin to follow your shepherd. So stop being a problem sheep, right? Because <laughs> I know sheep are a problem. You are his sheep and you can hear his voice. We even, I believe in the earth right now, there is this anointing called the Issachar anointing. You could find this in First Chronicles chapter 12. There were these sons, actually they were the grandsons of Jacob. They were born from Leah. You remember Leah? The Bible says that she was the wife that was not wanted. She was hard on the eyes, looked like nothing good would come from her. And I don't care who you are. If you are God's choice, you are God's sheep, something good is going to come from you. She birthed these sons. They called, They were called, She actually, she birthed Issachar, and Issachar birthed these sons. They were called the sons of Issachar. And look at how these sons were. They had amazing leadership capacity. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, in the King James Version, it says, in the children of Issachar, which were men that had listened to me, the understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and they were, and all their brethren were at their commandment. They, listen, these sons had both prophetic and practical solutions to profound problems in their culture for the nations. They had the ability to see sooner. You know, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that says, God, you know, rise early to seek him. But some of those, if you really study the text, that means God will tell you things early. That's an anointing of Issachar where God will tell you something before it happens. You're, a storm is coming to your life, but God has already told you about the storm. So you don't have to trip out on the storm. That's an Issachar anointing. They can see further, they can see deeper, and they can, it's a spiritual gift of the 
discernment so they can have strategy. They have prophetic eyes. I dare you to grab that anointing this morning. You can have strategy. You can have prophetic eyes for the times that we're living in. And here's the greatest thing. You can know what to do. Many times you're like, I don't know what to do. 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 You can know what to do. The Bible says that we have an unction from a holy one and we know all things. I wanna teach you how to follow your unction from the holy one and to know all things. Like, should I stay in this relationship? Should I go move to this city? Should I join this church? You should join my church, it's a great church. Well, you know, all these questions that we have, you can know by hearing the voice of God. And so, you know, you might say this morning, Okay, I understand that I'm his sheep and I hear his voice, but what disqualifies me from hearing? Because I don't feel like I'm hearing. The only qualification you need to have is to be his sheep, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your father always wants to talk to you. But one of the reasons why you cannot hear or you're not hearing because he's speaking is because of other voices, because of all the noise, because of the environments that we live in. Remember, I told you about that baby. You know, when you first come out and you're pure, something to be said about purity. You're pure and you're not exposed to all this garbage you hear on a higher frequency. We've got to learn how to climb higher to hear from God. And so one of your greatest hindrances to hearing the voice of God is noise and clutter in wrong environments and the wrong voices. Let me show you uh, something in Numbers chapter 13, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Numbers chapter 13, listen, Moses, he sent 12 spies on what I like to call a vision trip, right? This is something God promised to his children, the children of Israel for many, many years. And Moses said, look, it's time to go spy out the land. I dare you to take a vision trip. I dare you to go spy out and look at and figure out and go put your eyes eyes on things that you know God has promised you. So he sends them on this vision trip. Uh, it was 12 of them on a vision trip and they're coming back from the trip and they're giving a report to Moses. So we're going to pick this up in verse 27. It says, they presented themselves before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told the story of their trip. Ooh, we went to the land to which you sent us and oh my God, <laughs> that's how I would have said it. But it does flow with milk and honey. We saw exactly what God said. It says, just look at this fruit. They had a souvenir, like just look at this fruit. <laughs> and so they were excited, but here's where their voice changed. It says, the only thing is that the people who live there are fierce their cities are huge and well fortified it says and worse yet we saw descendants of the giant anak the amalekites are spread out on the jejeb the hittites the jebusites the amorites hold the hill country and the canaanites all these ites are established on the mediterranean sea and along the jordan so they're 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 talking about what they can't do. They're talking about all the obstacles. And here is what I love. In the Message Bible, it says, Caleb and 
interrupted. I promise you, you have to be an interrupter in the times that we are living in. You've got to interrupt some of the noise, some of the conversations, and some of the things you were hearing. It said, Caleb interrupted. Listen, he didn't just interrupt. It says he called for silence. He was like, everybody go on mute. Shh. He called for silence. He says, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. Listen, in the season we're in, we have a lot of voices and there's so many unauthorized voices that are speaking in your life. And if you have unauthorized voices that are speaking louder than the voice of God, you want to interrupt those voices like Caleb did. And you want to call for silence. Everything got to go on mute right now. I need to hear from God. One of the main things, and I, I wanted I want to ask you this after we finish today. I want you to do some homework. I want homework. I want you to ask yourself, what do I need to silence so I can hear from God? I know one of the things I had to silence was my notifications. You know, these phones will jack us up real quick. Every social media outlet on the phone, ding, 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 ping, ping, ping. You can hardly sleep if you don't put it on silent. You know, I say notifications, but I really, what I really mean is the world. We have to silence this world and its system. I always say a carnal Christian is a Christian that is discipled by the world. Everybody being discipled, don't get it twisted. You are get you are being discipled right now. But who is discipling you? Carnality comes for Christians who are discipled by the world. So what's in the world? What's in the world? First John chapter two, verse 15 in the Passion Translation, it says, don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. This is the love of the father and the love of the world are incompatible. They're incompatible. I love that. For all that is that this world can offer us, listen, this is what the world can offer you. One, the gratification of your flesh. We got enough of that. Your flesh been gratified long enough. Okay. The gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, and the obsession, listen to me, with status and importance. Obsessed. Obsessed. So that's all the world can offer you. Gratification of your flesh, allurance, and obsession with status and importance. Who like my post? Who share my stuff? Who's my friend? Who's all that? And you think that gives you so much gratification. You're obsessed with it. It says none of these things come from the Father, but from the world. And listen, there is an element of the world. Listen, we live in this world, but we're not of it. That's what, you know, the Bible says that, but you know, the old school saints used to always remind of remind us of that. But we can't become so like the world that you cannot identify us anymore as God's sheep. When you have the world talking to you so much, you it is almost impossible to hear of God. And so the number one thing you need to silence is your notifications of the world. This world don't need to notify me of nothing. You, you've got to get to that place where I don't need to be notified anymore. I don't need to hear everything on the news. I don't need all, to know all the latest diseases and what's happening. I don't, you, we got to pull back on some of that because it's the same thing the enemy did in the garden with Eve. He put her on notice. He's like, look here, girl, did God really say that? He doing the same 
things today. He's questioning what God said, and then he inserts his vision so we can carry out his vision. I dare you today say, I'm going to now silence all the world's notifications. I don't need to hear from the world. This world has no context for my life. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 15, verse 14 in the New Living Translation, it says, a wise person is hungry for truth while the fools feed on trash. I dare you to say I'm not a fool. It says fools feed on trash. I want to ask, is your social media feeds full of trash? Because it says fools feed on trash. It's a wise person that hungers for the truth. And if you're struggling this morning with your hunger, because that happens sometimes when we struggle what I want to and our hunger for God, you've got to get back in the word of God. You've got to turn your heart back towards God. The Bible says the want to again. You mean to ask God, give me the want to against and stop feeding on trash. A lot of times in our life, we're always like, well, they said, and they said, and they said, I'm like, who is they? Who is they? Who is they? Get back to what God said and carry out what God said. So I want to ask you quite simply, what did God say? What is the last thing God said to you? Because we've got to value his voice. You have to value God's voice to the point that you have to hear from God. God, I have to hear from you. Getting higher speaks to causes you to live from a different place. We see this with the prophet Habakkuk. I love the prophet Habakkuk. In Habakkuk chapter one, he's a prophet that lives in a time of just just injustice, like we're living in a time of injustice and a di- an adultery. That's probably leading right now, adultery, I- idolatry, not adultery, but idolatry. Um, so he's in a time of injustice and idolatries, and he's seeing the rise of another empire in a Babylonian system, and they were on the brink of taking over, and he started questioning God. He's just questioning and confused about some things, and he begins to stop looking at what he sees in this natural realm and he decides i gotta get higher now let's look let's pick this up in chapter two habakkuk chapter two verse one in the king james version he says i will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and i will watch to see what he will say unto me and i shall answer when i am reproved he said i'm gonna watch to see that's so good i hope i can deal with that today he climbed to a place of no distraction many times we've got to be intentional about climbing to a place another distraction like god deliver me god get me out of this god get me out of this you got to work to do get out of it walk away walk away. It's like when people struggle with fornication and they're praying about it, coming to the altar about it. The Bible never says pray about fornication. You know what the Bible says? It says flee. That means you need to take your tail and walk away from it. (laughs) Flee. And so this is what Habakkuk said. He said, I had to climb to a higher place. I had to get very intentional about hearing from God. That's what we call activation. Some things happen through the sovereignty of God and other things happen by us activating. I got to hear from God. So I'm going to position myself to hear from God because I value it. Now understand this 100%. I know you are well taught at my church, but excuse me for the next two seconds as I act like you're not. You've got to understand that you are a three 
part being when you understand how you were created, it helps you so much to train your senses and to hear from God. When you know you are a three-part being, you are spirit. It's who you are. Your spirit is the highest part of you. It is the best part of you. When you gave your life to Christ, God gave you a new spirit. Listen, there is nothing wrong with your spirit. You are a spirit you possess a soul so inside of your soul is your mind it's your will and still your emotion it's how you choose it's how you think it's how you make all your decisions it's it's all of that your mind willing in your emotions so this is what i say to people don't let something you possess possess you okay you are spirit you possess a soul and you live in a body so there are three parts of you you are spirit you possess a soul and you live in a body and so your spirit is where you hear from god holy spirit lives inside of your spirit and that's where you hear from god now the god's plan was that your spirit would affect your soul and ultimately your body soul prosperity is so important because your soul is your filter and what needs to be touching your soul the most your spirit so where you hear here in your spirit should be affecting how you think it should be affecting how you feel and it should be affecting how you choose but many times we live backwards instead of spirit to body we we live body to spirit and that's backwards your body your flesh should not be controlling everything you can't even hear from god in your flesh but listen your spirit can be built up it could be trained your flesh wants to be entertained and your soul is literally just a get with it's a middleman so i want to tell you teach you how to train your soul to hear from your spirit man from where god speaks and you could be developed in that area listen proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 in the king james bible it says the spirit of a man is the lamp of the lord come on somebody it says searching all the inner depths of his heart it says your spirit is like the flashlight that goes into his spirit searching for answers your spirit knows things about you that your mind does not yet know yet your spirit is designed to produce the holy spirit doesn't really engage in your mind with your mind he engages with your spirit when you learn to make the distinctions and engage with your spirit you will learn that god's voice is consistent god ain't fickle god's voice is stable your voice many times is it when you engage with your mind as being god's voice you could be led by your emotions you could be led by your moods your moods contradict all the time listen when you're led like that you're going to be a prophet on monday an apostle on tuesday move to texas on wednesday you're always going to be saying based on your mood what god said and it's not god because god is not fickle or moody <laughs> listen that's not who god is you'll learn the voice of god you'll learn how to operate and move and be guided by god god's voice is god's it is not impulsive it's not impulsive and so listen i talked to you about who's qualified you are his sheep 
and you hear his voice. I talked to you a little bit about what disqualifies you or why you can't hear because you've got to silence the noise. I dare you to say you got a Caleb anointing. Call for interruption. Interrupt all that mess that you're hearing, that you're that's dealing with you, that's causing you to be confused and moody. Call for silence. Go on mute. It reminds me of my boy Zachariah. Zachariah, he was a priest in the time of of um, what Jesus was coming, Zachariah was to ha have a son named John. And when his wife, Elizabeth, got pregnant, an angel came to speak to him and said, listen, I am Gabriel. I'm coming to tell you, you're going to have a son, gave him his son's name and told him everything his son would do. That is so interesting because God can tell you your children's name and tell you everything your children were put on this earth to do if you would just listen. But this idiot, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call him idiot, but Zachariah, his response was unbelief. He didn't believe. Can you imagine if a supernatural being came to talk to you? He didn't believe what he said. And you know what happened? They shut him up. The Bible says that God caused him to be mute for the entire time that Elizabeth was pregnant. Why? Because what he said was so important to what she's carrying. Many of you are carrying something so great for this season, but you got too many voices telling you what you cannot do and what will not happen. God thought it was so important that he shut Zachariah's mouth up the entire time. What do you need to shut up the entire time? Wow, we could fulfill the will of God in our, in our lives. I want you to identify what you need to shut up. And so I just want to give you three quick steps and I'm going to close to hearing God's voice. They're simple, but they are so powerful. Number one, in order to get into God's voice, you've got to get into God's word. Simple. You cannot hear from God apart from his word. God's word is God. The Bible says in the beginning was God. The word was with God and the word was God. And so God and his word are one. You ought to practice meditating the word of God. And before that, memorize it. You know how you should teach your children memory things? Do that with your own life. Take a verse a day, memorize it, and then meditate on it. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, this is when Jesus was being tempted of the devil. Before he was tempted, he had to fast. Some of us trying to fast while we tempted and after we tempted. No, fasting is before the temptation comes. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, but he answered and said, he's talking to the enemy. It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God does a man live. We've got to live by every word that God has spoken. And so if you're going to hear God's voice, you've got to study his word. When you become familiar with God's word, we become familiar with his voice. I always say, read the word until it speaks to you. I mean, read it until it speaks to you. That word, it calls reproof. It'll cause correction. Many times you're undisciplined. Many times you're in rebellion because you don't read your word. That word will correct you. That, I'm telling you, do you read that word and you read it slow? It'll start speaking to you. I go out all the time and I talk about how the people in the Bible speak to me. Eve, she speaks to me. Why? Because I've read it long enough. I stared at it long enough and 
until she started speaking. I've always walked with God with a with a love of questions. And I remember reading Genesis 3 and I remember saying, Eve, girl, why was you talking to a snake? I don't get it. She said, Portia, the same reason why you do women talk to snakes every day. Do you understand how that changed my life? You ought to read the word until it corrects you, until it reproves you, until it starts speaking to you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Second Timothy verse three, verse, I mean, chapter three, verse 14. In the Passion Translation, it means it says, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, remember what you were taught from your childhood, from the Holy Scrolls, which can impart to you wisdom to experience everlasting life through the faith of Jesus, anointed one. It says, God has transmitted, come on somebody, his very substance into every scripture. Oh my goodness. His very substance. It says, for it is God breathed. God breathed on the scripture. Oh my God. It says it will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you strength to take the right direction. So here God's word is God's breathe. It's it's transmitted with his substance. It says it will empower you. It will instruct you. It will correct you. And it will give you strength to take the right direction. You want to know which way to go? Get in God's word. It says it'll lead you into a deeper, into the path of godliness this, then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared for his assignment that God gives you. Listen, you need the word of God. The word is referred to a seed. You feel like you're not growing. You feel like you're stuck. You're paralyzed. Get into the word of God. Get the seed of the word on the inside of you. It says the word is light. It's a lamp. You can't see where you're going. Get into the word of God. The Bible calls the word a hammer. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You need some things chopped down and knocked off. Get the word and begin to hammer it out. The Bible says that the word is a sword. It is a two-edged sword. The great thing about it being a two-edged sword in Hebrews 4, it, the original actually says that it is a two mouth sword. What does that mean? That when you get the word of God as a sword, it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll cut through anything. A two-mouth sword means it can't just have God's mouth. God released something, but now it needs your mouth. So you've got to put your mouth to the word of God, release that word, and it'll penetrate. The Bible says the word will never be able to return void, but you've got to put your voice to God's voice, and now that's how that two-edged sword comes into place. Oh, I can't preach that. And so anytime you, you, you hear something, see if it lines up with the word. If it does not line up with the word of God, I'm going to tell you to trash it. Trash it, trash it, trash it. People are like, oh, you know, I'm trying to hear from God whether I should marry this man, whether I should marry this woman. The Bible doesn't say marry Joe, but the Bible does say do not be unequally yoked. Listen, let me tell you something. You got to start with the word. Does it line up with the word of God? You absolutely cannot change the Bible to fit the voices in your head. I'm going to say that again. You absolutely cannot change the Bible to fit the voices in your head. So yes, number one, you need the word. Number two, Holy Spirit, the spirit of God who's, who communicates the voice of God. It's the Holy Spirit. You have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was ascending before he went, he told his disciples, look, I'm out. Can you imagine walking with Jesus for three years? And then he was like, I'm out. 
He said, but listen, I will not leave you comfortless. He actually called him another comforter. I'm going to leave you somebody just like me. It's actually better that I go because he will be with you always. And so the Holy Spirit job in the earth is to communicate the mind of God and the voice of God to you. And the Holy Spirit lives within your spirit. The Bible said he lives in your reins, in your belly. You know how people be like, oh, you know, I got to trust my gut. Really what they're, they're saying is I need to trust Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit lives in your gut. John chapter 14. Well, I'm going to skip down. John chapter 16. Look at verse 13 in the NIV. It says, but when he the spirit of truth, speaking about the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. So when you have a relationship with Holy Spirit, he'll keep you out of lies. You'll know when people lying in your gut, you like something they right. He says, he will guide you into all the truth. Listen, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you. So his job is to hear he knows what's in the mind of God, and his job is to tell you. He says, he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because he is from me, that he will see what he will make known to you. His job is to make things known to you. And so the Holy Spirit, he's vast. Listen, God has diverse languages. And so Holy Spirit will speak to you in pictures and promptings. Sometimes you'll be prompted. To be prompted means you got to make a quick decision. I know there are times where I'm prompted and, and that if I don't move in that moment, it leaves. That's how you learn to train your senses. Sometimes you just got to learn how to obey now and understand later. You get prompted by the Holy Ghost to give, to do something. You can't sit there and have a whole long dialogue like, what if, what if? No, you've got to be prompted and you've got to move. He speaks through imaginations. He'll give you images and pictures. Remember when he told Abraham, he said, go on outside and look at the stars. That The Holy Spirit will do that. He'll give you, he'll, he'll travel through your imagination to show you what God has for you. That's why it's important not to put the wrong pictures in. Watch what you watching, watch what you're putting in. Proverbs four says what you put in your eye gate and your ear gate, what comes out your mouth that gets in your heart. And that's why we say God is saying and doing things that he's not saying or doing. You got that from the TV or you got that from the media. But if you put all that stuff aside and yield your imagination to the Holy Ghost, he's gonna show you some things. He'll give you some impressions. Listen, the Bible says in Romans that he bears witness with your inner man. You'll, you'll know in your spirit, man, when it is God, you've got to learn to trust God. Sure, sometimes we'll miss it, but that's what training is about. You go again. And so I said, you hear from God by the word of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that communicates. He's the one that takes that written word and makes it rhema. That's when the word starts talking to you. The Bible says it illuminates, you know, the Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. You ought to pray that before you even read the word. You ought to read the word with the Holy Spirit. You ought to read it systematically. You ought to read it consistently and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe on it. You could read the same scripture that you read 20 years ago. The word of God is so pregnant that in 2023, it'll mean something totally different than it meant in 2003. That's how good God is. Don't tell me the word is not relevant. It is relevant to your life right, right now. And by and last, I'm going to close. The voice of God is hidden in the wisdom of God. 
God will not always speak to you about things he hides in wisdom. You don't need access to all the mind of God when you know the heart of God. You don't need to have God tell you whether or not you should love your spouse. You don't need to have him tell you that you have the wisdom of God. You don't need conviction on certain things because you have the heart of God. The wisdom of God contains the will of God and the guidance of God. There are things that are wise to do that are not necessarily, that you don't necessarily need to hear. It's just wise to do. When you find the wise thing to do in a situation, then you will find the heart of God and ultimately it will be the voice of God. And so we've got to have wisdom. It says if you build your house upon that rock or upon wisdom, it will not fall. It says a wise man builds his house upon the rock. Think about the uh, the virgins. They were wise. They were wise to take oil. So yes, they heard from God because they were wise. If you just sit and just read the entire book of Proverbs, just over and over again, I promise you, you will get wisdom. You will get the heart of God. So wisdom comes from his spirit. It comes from the fear of the Lord. Oh my God, that's a cuss. We don't talk about the fear of the Lord no more. And turning away from evil. That's how you get wisdom. I want to read this last scripture so it could really bring wisdom in because people are always like, you know, I didn't hear from God about this. Like for instance, you want to take a vacation. It is God's will that we take vacations. But if you taking that vacation is going to cause you to lose your job and, and, and drain your bank account, chances are that's not wisdom and you need to wait. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Proverbs chapter two, verse one in the passage translation says, my child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within, will you succeed? You can accept God's advice, hide it within. And it says you succeed. Now listen to this. It says, so train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking it, like a man seeks for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for treasured treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. Thank you, Jesus. And every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. Look at that. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. So the third way we hear from God is through the wisdom of God. I encourage you this morning to get the wisdom of God. Listen, we talked about who's qualified. Who's qualified to hear the voice of God? It is his sheep. You just gotta value his voice. You just gotta climb higher and reposition yourself to hear from God. We talked about those things that hinder you from hearing clearly. It is the notifications of the world. You've gotta silence 
all those distractions and notifications so that you can hear from God. And then we talked about three ways, practical ways you can hear from God through his word, get into his word, you're going to hear his voice through the Holy Spirit, knowing that the spirit of God lives in your spirit, that your spirit should affect your soul and ultimately your body. And last but not least, the wisdom of God. I pray this morning that you were so tremendously blessed. If you would just allow me to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every listener. I thank you that they have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Holy Spirit, I pray that you go beyond my voice even in this moment and begin to speak to them. God, I thank you that they are dusting off. They're getting all the wax out of their ears, Lord God. Father, I thank you the blinders are coming off their eyes, God. And I thank you for crystal clear hearing in this season for them. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, listen, I want to encourage you to sow a seed this morning. Don't ever let an opportunity for prosperity to to pass you by. I just have a quick scripture I want to read to you that kind of goes with what I talked about today. It's kind of like an in-your-face scripture. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19 in the Living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, <laughs> I love it. If you will only obey, then I'll make you rich. Woo, come on, somebody. He said, let me help you. Obey me. I will make you rich. You ought to let God help you. You ought to obey him. And here comes his riches. You have some instructions on the screen. If you would follow those instructions on the, on the screen to sow your financial seed today. Well, listen, I know you heard a lot of word today. I know Holy Spirit is pricking your heart. If you have been listening, you've never given your life to Christ. I invite you to do that today. It is the best decision that I personally have ever made. And here, let me make a distinction. The Bible says if you if you make him not only Savior, but you've got to make him Lord. There may be some areas in your life that he saved you from, but you've not made him Lord. There's some promptings on the screen. If you would just follow those instructions on the screen, there'll be somebody to pray for you, that wonderful prayer of salvation. Also, if you need to join a church, I recommend my church, such an awesome virtual church. You should be a part of a church family. We recommend my church. Amen. Amen. Well, I love you so much. I want you to stay tuned for the announcements. Hope to see you soon. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.